Yeah. As long as you've got the faith and you know you work because faith without work is dead. Mm. As long yeah. as you work hard, you just gotta keep going. You just gotta keep going. And I think um yes, it's about understanding that there are certain things that may be put against you or that kind of stuff. But of course, yeah. I don't want to sound like I'm preaching today, but <laughs> you could do anything that you put your mind up to. Um exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I truly believe so. I truly believe so. I mean I'm in total agreement. Pastor Jack's taking us to the book of James. I'm loving it, I'm loving it, I'm loving it. Um, actually, on that, uh, Shanta, um, obviously I'm aware that you're, you're a woman of faith as well. How, how key has that played? Um, um, again, just like Jack said, like, I, think that's probably, I think that's probably where my, um, my ability to overlook what's going on in the world comes from. Because mm. when you have faith, it's just, you just move a bit differently. You just yeah. feel like, regardless of what's happening, regardless of what I can see in front of me, I believe in what I can't see. And that is what I'm, I'm, you know, that's the route I'm going. So, Mm. yeah, I just feel like once you have faith and, you know, you're prayerful, yeah, I feel like any, you, whatever you put your mind to, just back it up with prayers. And Mm. trust me, it, it, you know, if it's not, if it's not for you, God will not grant it. That's how I see it as well. Yeah, I see it as yeah. if if I if I'm trying to attain something and I've tried, I've exhausted all options possible and it hasn't worked, then I just and I've backed it up with prayers, faith, everything, then I know that okay, it's maybe this me. just yeah. isn't for me. Do you get mm. what I mean? But mm. you know, if there is if there's an opportunity where you know you're you're going for it, you're putting all efforts in you pray, you back it up with, you know, prayer and faith, mm. you know, there's a, and there's a, there's a possibility that, you know, you could get what you're looking for. So I think just always have a positive mindset, positive outlook. And yeah. And another thing I think is really important because when I was younger, I think that, I, that limited me a little bit, which is rejection. Like, yeah. and I, I found it more with when I was, when I first came out of uni and I was looking for jobs, like, I would get rejected so many times. And I, I think it's because I just didn't have experience. I was just, I just yeah. had a degree. That was it. But yeah. I didn't have, you know, the relevant experience to, you know, work in the field that I was trying to um, get into. So whenever I go for interviews and I get that, that, um, that email or that call to say, oh, unfortunately, you know, we're not going to take you on this time or whatever. That really got to me. You know, it, and it makes you have like a low self-esteem. It just makes yeah. you feel like you're not good enough. But I, with with time, you know, I got out of that very quickly. And I thought, you know, one door might say no, but if you keep knocking on the doors, one's definitely going to say yes. Mm. So you just have to keep going, you know, just have that fighting spirit. And, and yeah, but I think my parents helped as well. Like they always encourage me to like, just keep going. Don't give mm. up, just keep going. So I think that's where, you know, that spirit of posit- positivity and just that fight in me comes from, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Pastor Chantel taking us to the book of Hebrews. <laughs> I'm in a room full of pastors. I feel honoured. <laughs> hey. Um, Chantel, I'm going to go um, to quote quickly in your book, actually. Um, and it says, so this is um, at the beginning where you're talking a bit more about generational wealth wealth and what it means to you. And one of the um, lines says, we understand that this will be a delayed gratification journey. Oh yeah. yeah. This is not a sprint, but a marathon. Can you explain a bit, uh, expand a bit more on this? Yeah. So basically I feel like, you know, some, okay. Nowadays I feel like there's 
there's some people that feel like maybe there's a way to get rich quick or you know they they get they get involved in all these get rich quick schemes and like they're just trying to find ways to make money quickly but from the research and all the you know yeah from all the research I've done to try and expand my own knowledge when it comes to financial education one thing I've realized is that building wealth doesn't happen overnight it's something that it's something that you have to do consistently and over time you you will build that wealth so I know that you know, for example, I, I, I took, I take my, um, the fact that I'm saving my son's child benefit as an example, mm. we did the calculations and we thought, okay, so by the time he's 18, he's going to get a certain amount. So it's going to take 18 years. Someone might look at that and think, so wait, I have to wait 18 years just to get that amount. Mm. But the thing is, I feel like that's, that, that's how wealth works. You can't mm. just you know, unless if you're selling drugs or doing something illegal, then obviously that's different. Yeah. But when it comes to building wealth legitimately, like it's it's definitely going to take time. And I've I've heard the same thing about even the stock market. Like mm. time is what is how the wealth is built. You can't just maybe you know invest in the stock market and expect there to be like expect to be rich a year later. You need mm. to you need to keep your money in there for at least you know, five to 10 years before you're going to see, you know, absolutely to see some kind of reward. So that's one of the reasons why I put that in there. So I think it's, it's quite important for, for us to understand that, you know, delayed gratification is, is important when it comes to building wealth. Mm. You're not just going to get it just like that, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I've got a question for to both of you actually, but just as you mentioned, you mentioned the the child benefit um, perspective. I'm just, in your book, you've got the child benefit in 2020 is currently £21 and 5p a week. Um, And if you were to save that aside each week um, for a year, that's £1,094.60p. But over 18 years, if you were to put that aside by year 18, by the time the child is 18, you will have... um, just under 20 grand um saved which is pretty impressive um for the small amounts that you've been putting away um but uh yeah so i I guess on that um and this is for both of you you know i I, i'm in agreement it's so important we delay that instant gratification that is also fueled by a lot of advertisements what we see um you know shops banks whoever that is selling us to as to us as consumers they know as human psychology, we love to consume things. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's very, it's, it's a hard task to delay instant gratification. Now, mm-hmm. um, with Woke Finance off the podcast, a lot of what we do is, of course, as we mentioned at the beginning of this, is working directly with young people. Now, in the young people's world, and not just our world, but in young people's world, social media plays a large part in all of this. Um, what's, yeah. your, what's your advice or what would you sort of say to people that, are, that do a lot of things mainly based on what they see on social media when it comes to instant gratification? Yeah, I would say ignore, ignore, ignore. Like, <laughs> just ignore. Ignore, like, ignore, ignore the free Yeah, acts. because social media, oh my gosh. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, seriously, I feel like there's a lot of people on social media, they're just showing you the best side of their lives. That's just how I see it. They're just so showing you, or you get some people where 
they don't give you everything. They just show you what they, they want you to see, but you don't really know what's going on at the background. So you can't look at, for example, okay, let me just give you a scenario, yeah? So let's say for me, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to save money to buy a house, for example, and it's taken me ages just to get this deposit money. Mm. And then all of a sudden, maybe someone I've been following for a while, you know, they've, they've, just, they've just posted on their, on their Instagram, oh, yeah, I've bought this five-bedroom house in wherever, Kent or wherever it is. Mm. And you're just sitting there thinking, damn, I'm still trying to save my deposit. Mm. But the thing is, imagine if this person's parent gave them, like, 15 grand to go towards it. They're mm. not going to put on their post, oh, my parents supported me with 15 grand, so yeah. that's how I got it. But you're sitting there thinking, oh, my gosh, like, I'm not doing well or I'm not, I'm not progressing or my savings is, it's just not growing as fast enough. What can I do to kind of like, and you end up resulting in doing things that you're not really supposed to be doing just to, you know, maybe compete with someone else. Mm. You don't know people's situations. Like they might've had help and you obviously don't. So you can't compare. I think comparison is just the worst thing. It it does kill your joy, honestly, Mm. like, you need to just focus solely on your journey. And for me, I, f- I believe that if you if there's a specific um, Instagram page that is just torturing you because it's just it's just not helping you with, with your progress, just unfollow. It's what? just that simple. <laughs> just unfollow. Oh, do you know what? Nowadays, actually, there's a there's an option on Instagram where you can mute. You can just mute the person. Like what? if they're posting stuff that is just not helping your progress, just mute them mm-hmm. if you don't want to unfollow. So there's different ways that you can navigate around these things because honestly, every year someone's going to post something that might trigger something, you know? Mm. So you have to ignore and just focus on your, on your journey. And the same goes for other stuff. Like even people that post their relationships online, like relate couple goals and all that stuff, mm. like they're going to mm. post when they're all loved up and you just need to understand that. Look, just focus on your life, appreciate what you have and just do your best to, you know, bring your life to a better standard. That's just how I, that's how I live my life anyway. But I'm very happy that I don't allow social media to, to rush me. If that makes it, I don't know if that makes sense. Like I just take my time and just do my thing. And yeah, but I, I don't allow, you know, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I'll look at social media and think, Oh, you know, like one person that I follow and, but I follow her, I, her name's Patricia Bright and I find her very, I just love her. I think she's like a Bosch chick and everything. Mm-hmm. But I, when I watch her, I watch her for inspiration. Like, yeah. like her and her husband are always buying investment properties. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this girl's just, you know, she pumps me up. I'm like, yeah, like I actually look at her and think, yeah, okay, this is somebody that I can look up to and be like, that's, that's the kind of, the, that's the kind of, you know, route I might want to go down. But I always look at people who are doing better than me as a source of motivation but not to rush my own journey or to make me feel like crap, if that makes sense. So that's how I choose to look at things just to, you know, look at other people that are doing well as a source of source of motivation for my own life. I I, I totally agree. Absolutely. I I, I mean, like I remember saying that, you know, one of my pet peeves um, is people that go on social media, especially the ones between 20 and 30. And mm-hmm. they pull a house and, and they come on the social media with their keys and they say, hey, look at me. I bought a house at the age of 25. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and the reason why that's a pet peeve for me 
is because a lot of these people, as you just said, they won't explain how they got the house. Exactly. And so on and so forth. Unless you're going to come and explain how you managed to save and budget and mm-hmm. give us a practical way of how you did it. Exactly. I'm not interested in you mm-hmm. buying a house at the age of 20 something because you're not telling us that your parent gave you some money yeah. or you used a scheme that took excessive debt that you may not be able to pay back. Exactly. You know? exactly. And, the, and the thing is, um, a lot of people are transferring the, their, um, their hunger first for, for uh, social status yeah. from back of this buying nice cars and that kind of stuff to even buying assets and using that to be the, the fuel for their social standards thing. So mm-hmm. buying a house is not about them saying, look, I'm doing something positive. It's more so to say, look, I am doing well. Yeah, that's yeah. a huge problem for me. Um, also, wealth is not something that you, as you said, you acquire immediately. As yeah. we just said, wealth is built. Yeah. When you use the word build, it means you have to build a foundation. It means yes. you have to continue building it. Then at the end, you have to decorate it. Then you have to protect it. Mm-hmm. It's something that takes absolute time. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the stock market. Yes, the most important things when it comes to generating great investment returns are time. Right, time is a huge factor, and it comes back down to the whole ideology of compound interest. Yes, so, yeah. used um, is, is a perfect example. Also, contributions to so the amount of money that you're contributing as well. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get better returns in terms of like percentages every year, you have to put in more work and buy, let's say, try to pick some stocks. But even that is difficult to do. So, it's probably better to buy a well diversified fund or use yes. a wealth advisor, etc. Yeah, and it comes back down to that whole risk and reward thing. Anything that's um, done too easily, any get-rich-quick scheme, mm-hmm. anything like that comes with excessive risk. Yeah. Um, investing in stocks like penny stocks that can go bankrupt tomorrow, yeah. going in the streets and selling drugs. It's all yeah. high risk and low reward. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you know, you're, going, you're, you're, you're doing criminal activities. You are risking your life. You're risking... Definitely. Your freedom is it doesn't make sense so i yeah, absolutely, absolutely totally agree and you mentioned the whole social media stuff and it's a very important topic because it's it's huge and it's only going to get bigger yeah. um and one thing i've actually done in recent times is every so often i go through a cleanup i look through my social media uh-huh. and i say anybody that's it could be my friend right just because i'm your friend i don't have to be your friend on social media yeah sure. of course right if you are someone who consistently posts things that makes me feel a type of way First mm-hmm. of all, I have to check myself to see why it makes me feel a type of way. Yeah. But if I feel as if you're never really posting anything that's um, fulfilling or, or helping me or educating mm-hmm. me, I will unfollow. Or yeah. I didn't know you can mute. I think muting is better so we keep our friendship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, but I'll definitely mute you because it's not healthy for me to be consistently seeing you seeing. in your mm-hmm. best life. Mm. And I'm comparing that to my worst life. So, yeah. yes. Exactly, Yeah. yeah. Exactly. As you said, it's a two-way thing. It's not just um, their fault. It's your fault as well if you're consistently comparing yourself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it's very interesting points you've made there. And I, I love what you actually said on the other side um, of this, uh, Chantel. Sometimes it's about not uh, keeping up with the Joneses and because yeah. that can cause people to be demotivated or try and do the fast life, which is all in vain. But um, you mentioned... Social media could be a tool that you take um, inspiration from. It's about changing that mindset to how you approach certain things. So you mentioned yeah. Patricia Bright is doing amazing work as well and how that's inspired you. So definitely yeah. um, in agreement. And 
Jax, you mentioned some things, some things that you do in terms of mutiny. One of the things that um, I've done, I know Jax has been involved in this. We have sort of like an accountability group, but we've done um, what, what I call a dopamine fast. Um, okay. <laughs> um, so it's also pretty much like a technology fast. So it takes us back to the 19, I don't know, 70s oh, or whatever, um, even for a day or half a day or so. So this is literally no social media, no phones, TV, any technology mm-hmm. sort of. Um, the device um, and you know it's proved quite beneficial in terms of detaching from all of that as well I need to try um, that that sounds good mm. yeah you know it's absolutely amazing the first day I tried I'm not going to lie so I woke up um, on that morning around 7am by about 10.30 hours you know itching to just go to my <laughs> phone and stuff um, I was yeah. like I can't do four hours that proved that showed that this is actually an issue um, but now I can do it just like that a day That's or even good. the whole weekend etc um I'm not on these um, social media, so I'm, I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, but um, that's pretty much it. But I see how easy it can be to see a post and be like, wait, I've been, you know, um, working towards something for years and this person's just got it like that. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It can influence people. So, yeah, definitely really good tips um, coming from both of you on delaying um, instant gratification. So mm-hmm. thank you very much for that. Um, just going to move on, actually. There's a, there's a couple of things I just want to touch on, uh, particularly um, from your book, to hear a bit more um, on. And this is around um, investing in ownership, um, but also linked into that around teaching uh, your children. Yeah. Um, so it'll be good to hear a bit more from you in terms of when it comes to building uh, generational wealth, how you're going about that or plan to go about that from an investing and ownership perspective. Okay, so with um, investing and ownership, for me personally, um, one of the things that I'm still yet to achieve, by God's grace, is to buy property. But to be honest, with property, yeah, I had like conflicting, what's the word? I had I was a bit conflicted with it. Like initially, what I wanted to do was buy an investment property first before buying a residential one. Because I was thinking like, if I buy residential first, I'm not making any money off it. So, and the reason why, where that, where that came from was after I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it just made me think, hold on. So what, if I buy a house and live in it, it's just not, it's not an asset. (laughs) Like I thought, like, it just made me think, "Mm, I'm not too sure. (laughs) I'm not too sure if I want to buy a house and live in it right now. Maybe I should buy one and then just rent it out and then start from there kind of thing. Mm. And then maybe... Um, once I've done that, then buy a residential and then maybe use um, the money I make from there to pay my mortgage sort mm. of thing. That's what I was thinking. But obviously now that I have a son, it's like my family's expanding. So I'm thinking, okay, it's, it's looking like we will need to buy a residential first. And then mm. hopefully with, with the fact that um, I'm trying to now put multiple sources of income in place, I can use what I make from that to make and other sources as well in terms of my job as well to then invest in um, uh, investment property afterwards, basically. So that's the order that I'm looking at right now. So right now, it's just for me, it's just buying assets that I can make money from. And then basically, it's basically buying income. I just want to buy assets, make money from those assets, and then use that profit to buy more assets that make more money. Does that make sense? Like just like a continuous (laughs) cycle. So then you always have that kind of like multiple sources of income available. 
sort of thing. So yeah, so that's one of the things that I I'm, I still really want to work on, and I am I'm still saving towards that, you know, right now. And like I said, like I mentioned before, you know, I recently started investing in the stock market, and um, right now my my strategy, should I say? Obviously, I'm not an expert because obviously I learned how to do it myself. But my strategy is mainly to invest in dividend. Um, paying stocks because mm. I want to have it eventually have it as like passive income not just for myself but for my kids as well so yeah. it's something that you know they can have later on mm. and um also I invest in um ETFs as well so the mm. first one I did invest in was S and P 500 mm. so that's the one that I um I invest in regularly every month mm. And yeah, so it's mainly that and dividend stocks. And then I also took a risk and started investing in just growth stocks as well. So yeah, so I'm I'm exploring. I'm still learning, you know, just you know, seeing how it goes, putting my feet in the water to see how it goes. But I think the the things that I've invested in that I'm most confident in is the ETFs, because obviously that mm-hmm. one you don't have to keep, you know, looking at it every time. But one thing I need to to and I might I, I, I might have to ask you guys you know, for tips on this is for some reason, I keep looking at my investment account every other week and I've heard you're not meant to be doing that. You're meant to be looking at it like maybe every six months or even every year sort of Mm. thing. But I don't know, maybe because I'm new to it, that's why I'm still keep checking it because I think sometime last week or the week before last, I don't know what happened in the market, but the share prices just kept dropping. I was, I was panicking. I was like, oh my mm-hmm. God, like these shares I bought, they're all dropping in price. Like, you know, like so I was just watching it thinking, oh my gosh. But then I remembered, I reminded myself like you're in it for the long term. So mm-hmm. don't worry about what's happening in the market right now. Just don't look at your, don't look at your account. Just, mm-hmm. just, just ignore. So I just kind of brought myself back and thought, yeah, don't worry about it going down right now. Yeah. And just you know, yeah. So in terms of ownership and investing, that's more me at the moment. Just basically mm. stock market, dividend stocks and ETFs and then some growth stocks. And in terms of property, one I want to buy. It's now the other way around. Residential now first and then rental property after, God willing. And then um, obviously building multiple sources of, of income, which is me starting my own little financial education and resources that I'm you know trying to create on the side so besides the book I also have um I also made some flashcards for for children Mm. um and I've also recently just done like a workbook as well for children because my thing is which is why I said I was quite I'm quite passionate about teaching children is because I feel like as adults when we get to a certain age we're so set in our ways and it's quite difficult to implement change when you, you know, get into contact with new information or, you know, how to better yourself. But as a child, if you grow up with this knowledge from young, by the time you're 18, that's all you know, and you will, you know, navigate your life in that way. And mm. I think I think it was you, Peter, I was telling you that, you know, I have a friend that um, she didn't know what passive income was at the age of 33. And I thought, mm. wow, this this is what I don't want. I need my kids to know what passive income is before they're 18. So once they're 18 and they're considered adults, they can, you know, know that, okay, mom, I want to, I want to start investing in something that will bring me passive income. I want them to start speaking that language to me, if that makes Mm. sense. So that's why 
I've started to create these things for kids so people in our community can, you know, feed this information into their kids. And also some of these adults have said they actually want to buy the flashcards for themselves because mm. there's certain terminologies that they don't even know what it means. Absolutely. And I thought, yeah, like this is this we just this just needs to change. We need to do better. Like and yeah. like you said, if we want to make sure the next generation is on point, then we need to work on them like right now, like, you know, as soon as possible. And we need to be great examples to them. So, yeah, so that's why I've, you know, created all these things. So I started off with the book for parents first. And then what's coming after that is for the kids just to support them to, you know, develop their knowledge in financial education and and stuff like that. So, yeah. So. Amazing. And um, I'm sure many parents want to um, go cop that book when it's out as well um, for the kids, um, yeah. for their kids as oh, well. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so thank you. And what I like is that, um, you know, you, you're, you're not saying you're, I don't know, you're Warren Buffett right now. Um, oh, no, you're, no, no, you're no, on no. a journey <laughs> right now, which is amazing. And I think a lot of our listeners can will be able to relate yeah. to that people that are either start their journey or thinking about it as well so it's really yeah. inspirational and to to hear. Like, yeah. you know the conversation we had um for me that's that is what i wanted to provide in the book i wanted people to read the book and think i'm just like her i can do mm. these little yes. things too mm. do you get what i mean i don't want people to feel like building wealth is very hard to attain like yeah. you know i want them to feel like okay i can do these little things just to improve my financial situation for myself and my kids. Yeah. Because like I said to you, you get people like Robert Kiyosaki and Grant Cardone and all these people, they write books, but they've already made it. So when you read their books, you think, oh my gosh, I'm so far away from your level right now. But mm-hmm. I felt like if somebody regular writes, you know, their journey to building wealth, it will make people feel like, oh, okay, I can do it as well, actually. Yeah. Let me start. And Amazing. What made me happy was this woman, she messaged me on Instagram after reading my book. And she was like, after reading your book, I've opened up a junior ISA for both my kids and I'm starting to save their child benefit. That made me so happy. Like, I just thought, wow. Like, to think that hadn't she read my book, she probably wouldn't have thought of doing that. Mm. So I was so happy to hear that, you know, someone's read my book and they've, they've acted on what they've read. So, yeah. So, you know, I just want... I just want our community to do better, really. Absolutely, you know? and one of the, and fun enough, you from in terms of your background, you don't have a a, a financial background, so to speak. Yeah, um, yeah I so don't. You literally <laughs> are the majority of our listeners, um, and proof that anyone can yeah. get onto this journey, regardless of, of your background. Yeah, but I will definitely say one advice I'll give to listeners who are just like me that want to learn and and start the journey is if you can find like a mentor or somebody that works within finance, it's good to like, you know, you know, seek advice from them. So for me, when I started going to the seminars, that's, that really helped me. And I built a relationship with Emmanuel. So anytime I had questions, I would ask Emmanuel. So after I had my son, you know, I I remember messaging Emmanuel and I was like, Oh, um, I want to open a savings account. I don't know if I should open a junior ISA or if I should open you know, a regular one. And then he explained the differences and then I made my choice from there. So mm. if you can find someone who has more knowledge than you in that field, then by all means, definitely 
go out there and seek for that advice and that help. You don't always have to do everything by yourself. Absolutely. So yeah, so that's what that's that's an advice I would definitely give. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Um, fantastic. And before we just um, I guess start to wrap up with talking specifically around um, teaching our kids, you mentioned things like uh, juniors as well in terms of preparing for them. Um, you mentioned a couple of buzzwords which my guy Jax is probably latched onto so from passive income dividends these are one of one of Jax's uh few favorite <laughs> phrases so I'm definitely gonna oh. go over Tim as well you also remember I uh, mentioned rich dad poor dad book which yeah. does challenge a lot of people's mindsets as well which is really uh, yeah but I'm happy you came to a conclusion in terms of what you're going to be doing from a property perspective yeah. and it's all about your individual circumstances and your personal definitely. journey as well so mm-hmm amazing and finally definitely an agreement in terms of you know getting that um support from other people what we do here is you know of course not financial advice is um more so looking at our own experiences um, mm-hmm. and sharing our own experiences so definitely um getting that support and professional um support as and when needed but uh jacks man i know you've got one or two things on your heart just from hearing some of those buzzwords so over <laughs> to you man yeah i mean i was very excited to hear some of the things that um chantelle was obviously investing in so um, i'm happy to hear that she's investing in for example the s&p 500 and actually um part of the kind of advice that i would give for most people that are starting off is to have the core of their portfolio in a well diversified fund such as an etf specifically like the s&p 500 um so you mentioned the etf because you know etfs um are quite similar to index funds um, and depending on the platform that you're using, Stracks, Stracks. we're just throwing words out there. ETFs, I don't even know what ETFs stand for. I do, but ETF, what does that even stand for? What's index funds? Okay, okay. So what? <laughs> Let's start with the ETF. The ETF stands for an exchange traded fund, um, and it's essentially a pool of investments that you can buy with one purchase. So the S and P 500, which is an example of an ETF, um, is the largest 500 companies in America. And similarly, an index fund is the same thing. So actually, the S&P 500 is an index. So when you buy an ETF, you're buying the index fund. And that's where the similarities between ETFs and index funds are. The main difference, though, is that ETFs are exchange traded, which means they behave as if they are individual shares. And for that reason, depending on the platform that you're using, it may be more expensive to buy ETFs, especially if you're buying it consistently. So I think Chantal says she's buying it every month. If you're yeah. using a traditional platform like Hargreaves Lansdowne, they will charge you £11.95 every time, plus the um, FX charge as well. Whereas I'm currently Bitcoin, using um, Trading212. Okay, so if you're using, that's exactly what I was going to lead up to. But if you're using a trading app, a non-commission app, then you should be going for ETFs because you can't buy index funds on okay. trading platforms. So very interesting. Um, the whole ideology of checking your account every single day. I actually made a post <laughs> the other day. Um, it's very human to do. A lot of people do it. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a few things you can try and, and adopt. And actually, the reason why you shouldn't check your account every day is because it tends to lead you into making irrational decisions yeah. because of we're, we're human and we have emotions. Um, so you might sell at a loss because of fear or you might get excited out of greed and buy more shares in a company that's just going up, which means it might be going down very soon. Yeah. Um, you. So, yeah, definitely try not to check it every day. Um, one of the strategies that some of my friends have adopted, I'm sure I think Peter's adopted, he's actually deleted the app. So he oh, that's a good yeah. idea. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. yeah. 
So he doesn't have the app on his phone at all. And it mm. helps him to become a better investor that way. Or, which is kind of the way that I wouldn't suggest for most people to do, is to train yourself to not be affected by the daily movements. Um, mm-hmm. But that's because I've got years of experience doing it and I really understand what I'm doing. But for the average person, for most people, even the professionals, you probably don't want to be checking your account on a consistent yeah. basis. And me, myself, I'm working on trying to um, ch- not check my account often. What I would say is the only time you should really be checking your account often is if you've got more money to invest. Oh, okay. Yeah, so if you're about to buy more shares, then you should check your account. Check it, yeah. So if something's gone down, that could provide an opportunity to buy more shares at a yeah. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. but maybe deleting that might be the best thing. It really helps with your mental health. I'm telling you that for real. Uh, uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm uh, going to try that. That sounds yeah, really good. It's really <laughs> good just getting it off your phone because it creates an extra pro couple of process going into your computer, entering yeah. pro, uh, yeah. password, remembering your password, all of that jazz. So it <laughs> almost deters you from even bothering. Um, yeah. And I think it links to actually what we were speaking about earlier on about delaying instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Um, because we like that feeling of checking whatever the response is. We like the feeling of checking what's there, how things have moved up, down, all of that. Yeah, stuff. exactly. Um, but it's about trying to apply that to some of the good stuff we do when it comes to investing um, and not getting swayed by it. I mean, if you're not in the industry, um, we, we don't really need to be checking, you know, the news every single second because it yeah. might sway our thinking as well. So it's really important. I mean, yeah, checking every day, every week. If we truly believe that we are investing for the long term, then we need to ask ourselves, why do we need to even check? Yeah. You know, more than once a quarter, unless something has specifically happened <laughs> to, I don't know, let's yeah, say you, yeah, you yeah, mentioned yeah, certain exactly. individual companies, if it's clear that they're going to go bust tomorrow, <laughs> and then you might want to have a look. But if nothing really is happening, then if we truly believe we're investing for the next five to seven or whatever, 10, 20 years, then why do we really need to check every week? And I think we need to be able to answer that. And then when we answer that, hopefully we can come to the conclusion that it's just not good. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, really great conversation. What be good to um, end on? I mean, the, these conversations can go on forever, but um, our listeners don't have forever. But you could please we continue to listen to our um, other podcasts as well. Yeah, we touched definitely. on a few things um, around stocks, investing. We have individual episodes on that. So if you haven't listened um, to those episodes, um, to all our listeners, please do tune in and catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Instagram, all of that stuff as well. And um, but. Um, in your book you talk a bit more about um, teaching our children a book you know says train up a child in the way he should go and when he's old he will not depart from it again that's from our pastor Chantel taken from the Bible Um, but it'll be good to hear from you your top tips you know we got parents here we got people that are going to be parents Um, it'll be good to hear some of your top tips um, in terms of teaching our children but also you mentioned one or two things um, some products as well and Jack so you can chip in on this Um, um, you mentioned things like junior ISIS as well. It would be good to hear a bit more on your thoughts in closing on teaching our kids, but also some things that we can do right now to make sure our kids are a bit better off than we were at that age. Yeah. So, yeah, with um, teaching our children, hmm, it's just, I feel how you're, okay, so as a parent, however you're trying to build wealth, yourself and your child depending on the age 
because some if they're really young like my son who's only seven months he wouldn't really know what's going on but if your child is obviously of a certain age where they can understand certain things I think it's important to take them along on that wealth building journey so what I mean by that is like for example if you're investing in stocks for yourself and your child why don't you sit down with them and explain what these things are and teach if you have to teach them how to do it so then they know you know what it's all about I feel it's it's not just about you doing it for them like sit them down have a conversation like tell them what the stock market is tell them that you know it um shares go up and down explain the whole thing to them and then physically teach them how you're buying the stocks and just make them understand the important things they meet they need to understand so then you know they can so it becomes like a way of life for them as well and when they get to a certain age they can they can replicate that as well mm-hmm. and not get to a stage where it's like I don't even know what a stock market is or you know you don't want your kids to not have that knowledge or you know if you're if you're someone who's into buying rental property maybe take your kids along with you when you're you know you're um when you're um viewing yeah uh, yeah when you're viewing yeah do that take them with you because you know them having that first hand experience trust me kids are like sponges they soak up everything so it's the best time to get them thinking in that in that way and yeah it's just about whatever you're doing bring them along the journey so they understand you know this is what i'm meant to do or this is what i'm meant to to these are the steps i'm meant to follow yeah. as well and yeah it's just you know speak 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 to them about money i don't know about you guys but i think there's always been this negative stigma about money like maybe money's the the root to all evil you know all these silly things that people used to say when <laughs> when you're younger it just makes you feel like okay maybe i shouldn't be talking about money like you said it's like jack said it's a tool to a whole lot of things like and freedom is definitely included you might not want to be um retiring at the age that the government states that you're meant to retire what if you want to retire at 50 Mm. And in order to do that, obviously, you need to you need to build wealth. You need yep. to build generational wealth to a point where you can do that or put Absolutely. put certain things in place so that you can do that. So, for example, you know, with the whole dividend um, um, in, um, stocks investing that I was talking about, yep. you know, if you can like buy dividend stocks and reinvest the dividends mm-hmm. to the point where you know, you're getting something ridiculous a month or yeah. not a month, but like maybe, you know, every quarter. Yeah. That's amazing. Do you get what I mean? Like, so even if you get to a certain age and you're like, mm, or if you have other assets that are bringing in income as well, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily need to wait till you're 65 or something. And it seems like they're increasing this, this, um, this <laughs> yeah, retirement yeah, age every, every, every year. Every year they add three years extra. <laughs> yeah, they're increasing it. <laughs> So, yeah, I just think it's good to give your yourself and your children options so they don't have to go through the same, you know, stuff that you've gone through. Uh, and, absolutely. yeah, I, that's just, yeah, I just think just take them along the wealth building journey mm. with you and let them learn that way. And, and to your second 
I think you said something about junior ISA or yeah, yeah we will get uh, quickly onto on that but I'm, I'm definitely in, in in agreement it's about being that example for them and you mentioned if you've got a property view and taking it taking them yeah. too so by the time they'll be older 17 18 it becomes almost a norm um yeah. and even things I think I mentioned something similar to this um, on another podcast but um one of my nephews loves the game uh, Minecraft um you know the the young ones they love certain games um yeah uh, Fortnite, all of that stuff, and I go to find out who owns uh, Minecraft, the actual company, and it's That's I think good. it's Epic yeah. Games, and then find out who owns Epic Games. It's Tencent, um, and you can actually then ask them the question: Would you actually like to own? a part of that company that owns Minecraft, who's like, yeah, yeah, it's Tencent. But it's stuff like this, um, really, because they use it on a day-to-day basis and really getting them to understand um, the other side of things. So, yeah, definitely an agreement yeah. um, to that. Um, I'll add a, a little bit to that. There was actually, in, in one of the investment books that I first read many years ago by Peter Lynch, he'd done this test uh, where he got some school kids and asked them to pick stocks. And of course, the kids don't have any knowledge around to analyze stocks. But what they did is they picked companies that they liked and used. So that was including McDonald's, I think, uh, Disney, Nike, all these companies that they are aware of. And guess what? They actually outperformed the whole Wall Street by just mm. picking stocks that they used and they liked. So I think that's a great strategy to get your, st- your kids, maybe yeah. it's often to just pick companies that they use and say, do you want to own power? That's a great idea, Pio. Can I add to that, Jax? Funny enough, yeah. you just said that because in, my, in one of my workbooks for the seven years plus ones, I've got like an exercise in there where I've got, it's like I've got one section which is labeled favorites. It's called, the, the exercise is called... Um, find the current share price of your of your favorites yeah so mm. i've got favorites in one section then i've got company then i've got share price so they would just list all their favorite stuff so for example like you said if, if if they like ipads for example they need to find out what company produces ipads okay that's apple so then the parents it's an exercise they can do with the parents where the I parents like, will like yep. help them you know look up the share price for Apple and then they can put that in the box. So that's one of the exercises in my workbook because I feel like they need to know how to do these things because for me, I'm only know about the stock market in my thirties. If I knew in my early twenties, Oh my gosh, like I would have started so much earlier. And that's why I'm so passionate about this. Like I really, really want to get children to, you know, know about these things much earlier on definitely yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah sweet i agree absolutely. Totally, totally agree. Um, absolutely and um i guess just touching on some of those things uh rounding up i guess for parents and future parents as well we mentioned a couple of uh products there's also some in your book so we got um op- about information about opening a junior isa and also um a junior uh sip self-invested personal pension you want to touch a bit more about that also uh jacks you can add on to that with some of your knowledge but it'll be good to hear more a bit um about that shanta before we wrap up um the junior isas and the, sure. like the accounts you mean yeah okay so what they are what why they're beneficial if people should have them all of that yeah yeah so for me um with the me personally i didn't open a junior isa for my son reason being is because once they turn 18, um, the the funds go, 
directly to the child. Like it, it changes to their name. <laughs> and you as a parent have no access. I didn't Basically, like indirectly. <laughs> <laughs> indirectly, you're saying you don't know what this, when this child is 18, he might just go and buy, I don't know, uh, a next car or something. <laughs> you get what I mean? Yeah. So for me, don't get me wrong. I do plan to obviously educate him financially, you know, before he reaches that age. But I, for me, the type of parent I am, <laughs> I would rather, you know, the, the money is still in my possession and I want to like, cause there's a, there's a, there's a bit in my book at the end where it, which links with teaching your children where, you know, let's say for example, I want to assess my child to see if he's thinking along the right directions. I don't want him to come and tell me, Oh mom, I want to buy, you know, a car or Gucci tops or whatever. Like if he's speaking to me in that language, he ain't getting that money. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? But if he's telling me, oh, mum, I think I want to buy an investment property. I'll be like, "Mm -hmm, yeah, Mm. I like the sound of that. Mm. Then I can support him financially that way. Then I can like, you know, but even that, I was even speaking to my husband. I said, I don't think I'm going to just hand him the cash like that. I actually want him to start saving for it himself because, again, that whole delayed gratification, he needs to learn that you're not just going to get wealth just like that. Mm. Teach yourself how to save for a deposit. And maybe when he gets halfway, then then I would would say, okay, here's an additional maybe 10K or 20K for you to buy your investment property. But he needs to learn how to save, how to to know that if he wants something, it's not going to come just like that. You need to work for it. Absolutely. So so that's why I opted for the the children's savings account where it still remains in the parents' um, yeah. control, which is, um, it's just a normal, I, I did it with Barclays, just a children's savings, it's called children's savings account. So you get like a little bit of interest. The interest is rubbish, by the way. It's not that great, but yeah. you know, but it's, it's some, something. Yeah, yeah it's something. So I, I, Yeah. Yeah, thanks so, for that. And what about you, Jack? So you gonna you plan? You obviously you know our children uh, just yet, but are you planning on opening a, a junior ISA? Yeah, I think a lot of it depends on how much money I'm dealing with. Um, yeah. So because there are tax um, breaks with junior ISAs and that kind of stuff, yeah, I probably will definitely open up a junior ISA. And I think my son and daughter will know me very well to not play games. Discipline under the Jack's house. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I think, you know, that they, they wouldn't play. Um, what I would say is um, there is a new product, and I think you mentioned in your book, the Juno Sip, which I think is mm. is a very interesting product because actually it's it guarantees generational wealth, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah. Because uh, a kid can't touch it until he or she is. Yeah, it's retired. Yeah. So I think that's a very interesting product, even though I'm not too sure how many people will open one. And what I would say is actually, if you don't want to um, invest in your child's junior ISA, you can consider using your own stocks and shares ISA to yeah. facilitate that. Um, especially if you are married, because then you have a, an allowance of 40 grand rather 40, than 20 yeah. grand. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Actually, um, again, I wish my mum is not listening to this, but I've started saving <laughs> for their pension. And within my own stocks and shares, I, so I've bought a fund particularly for them. But they don't oh, that's them. good. But I have full control. Um, so that's, that's another strategy you can adopt. But um, 
Uh, what I would say is for kids as well, you guys mentioned games. I think games are an amazing way for young people to learn. So, for example, Monopoly, I think, is an amazing game. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yes. Me, myself, myself and Peter and a few of our other friends, we play Monopoly a bit more often. Um, it's very competitive. It gets quite... Um, there's another app, for example, called Go Henry. You might have heard of it, Go Henry. Mm, yeah. And essentially, it's just a way to okay. manage your kids' um, expenses. You can give them, um, I was about to say chop money for a minute, but <laughs> <laughs> you can give them um, an allowance through the card and you actually manage their money. Um, and actually, mm, there's that's really good. On there. yeah, it's a really good for- one. Uh, the parents can limit how much they can take from the account as well, should they need Great. it. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, that those, those are my pieces of golden nuggets, I think. Nice. Um, yeah, just using your own account could be quite effective. Fantastic. Awesome. Great. So, you know, obviously time, uh, time is coming up um, where we're going to be uh, kicked off soon. But um, Chantel, just before we uh, wrap up, do you have anything else to add from your side? Um, just thank you very much for having me. And, you know, I hope the listeners um, have, you know, enjoyed the session and they've learned a, f- a thing or two yeah. and yeah that's it really and if they want to find me like I mentioned earlier I'm on Instagram I'm predominantly on Instagram Shanti underscore underscore Shan and yeah I'm happy to you know if anyone's got any questions or if they want to find out because there's quite a few people that want to find out when the flashcards and the workbooks are launching Mm, i'm still working on the flashcards and they should launch hopefully by the end of this month or early october but if they want any updates they they should just follow me on instagram and they'll get all the updates they need but yeah this has been really great and i've learned a lot from you both as well thank you so much amazing it's been an absolute pleasure um to have you um on the podcast i'm gonna ask you what's next for you i'm assuming it's gonna be around the flashcards and the next book then yeah the workbooks yeah amazing yeah wish wish you all the very best um as i said yeah it's been amazing having you on the uh, show and really listening to your story um and seeing how you've been adding value and hopefully um, our listeners, I found that really useful as well. And please do um, follow Chantel as well. And make sure you order the book as well. It's called Generational yeah, Wealth. Generation. I read it. It's nice and sweet, straight mm-hmm. to the point. And really for um, it's for parents, but I think anyone can read this from what yeah, yeah. That's what a few um, people have said as well. Yeah. yeah. So absolutely amazing. And one thing you did um, uh, miss out, uh, Chantel, which I think is the most important thing in terms of you know the beginning of your financial journey, you forgot to miss out that you uh, married to a Nigerian. Oh. Um, so for That's all of our awesome. listeners out there, we have listeners in the UK, <laughs> the US, all over. Different oh my gosh! When you starting your financial journey find the nearest nigerian next <laughs> and position yourself where that person will propose yeah so that's probably one of the most important things oh. I say. but um yeah just a massive thank you and i'm sure thank Jackson, you guys um, thank you so much as well yeah, yeah i've enjoyed having you around um i've learned a few things as well um, thank you, you know, when, when it's my time to marry and have kids we'll be having a conversation <laughs> yeah thank you <laughs> amazing well thank you very much stay tuned for everyone else make sure you know how to follow us and um keep in touch and then yeah we're gonna continue having people on the show let us know give us a feedback ask any questions anything that you want us to discuss on the podcast as per usual and remember all stay woke